Well, things in this gospel start out so ordinary, and then things become very extraordinary. Peter, James, and John, Jesus asks them to come up the mountain. And then when they get there, Jesus begins to glow. And Moses and Elijah show up. And there's this voice from above. And then finally this charge, don't tell anyone. Have you ever had an experience like that that was really was... Um, it really took you by surprise. It was extraordinary. You, everything seemed normal, then all of a sudden things are quite extraordinary. I remember I went with a couple of priest friends of mine to see Mount Rainier in the state of Washington. Maybe some of you have been there. It's the largest mountain in the continental United States. And when we got there, we were in the national park. We had a cabin there. It was completely cloudy. So we went to dinner and we asked the waitress, so when are we going to see the mountain? And she said to us, how long are you going to be here? <laughs> we said, well, about, you know, about seven days. Well, you may not see the mountain. Sometimes we're socked in for like two weeks at a time. So we went to bed and, and we woke up and it was blue sky. And the mountain, I'm not kidding you, the mountain was like almost 10 o'clock high on the horizon. It was right there. It was so invigorating to see it. It was like... It was, it was exciting and thrilling. And the interesting thing was, it was there all along. We couldn't see it, but it was there. Very much like the gospel today. Jesus is the Son of God. But they saw him mostly as just a man. Until this moment up on the mountain. Then they saw him for who he was. A mountaintop experience. At that moment for them, the doors cracked. The, the doors to heaven cracked open. And they saw Jesus as he really is. Have you ever had an experience like that? I don't mean with the sensationalism, but a moment when profoundly you saw God. There's a, remember the old, uh, well, not all of you remember this, I'll have to explain it. Mur Murphy Brown TV show. Some of the people are younger. You won't even, you don't even know what I'm talking about. It was 1980s. Remember some of it? It was a TV show. It was about a TV studio. Murphy Brown was the anchor woman. Well, in one of the episodes, they're talking about God. They're talking about faith and experiences of God. And Murphy Brown asks her associates, have you ever experienced God? And a lot of them said they, some of them said they didn't even believe in, believe in God. But Jim, one of the associates, says he goes to church every Sunday with his wife, hoping, hoping to have an experience like that. He says, I look around in the church, and it looks like some people have had that experience. And I'd like to have an experience like that, too, of meeting and experiencing God clearly. That's what the, the poor were looking for. You know, the outcasts, the, the lame and the lepers and the, the tax collectors, they were on the fringes of society. But when they saw Jesus, he was like a magnet for them. They knew he was approachable. They knew he wouldn't judge them, even though he challenged them to change their life. They could see that he understood. It's what we're looking for. It's what the disciples were looking for. 
Now, you know what's interesting? Why didn't Jesus take all 12 up to the top of the mountain? Why only three? Why just Peter, James, and John? We don't know. Was it that the other nine were not ready for that experience yet? We don't know. Is there a way that I can have an experience like that? Is there any, we can't make it happen because it's a, it's a gift from God. But is there anything I can do from my side that would make it more of a possibility? Now, in this homily, I should say, is give him credit. This Reverend Dr. David Leininger, I'm using his outline. I, just, I saw this sermon years ago, and it just touched my life so much. I'm, I'm using his outline this morning. He offers five suggestions that things we can do to predispose ourselves to being open. So in other words, when the doors are going to crack, I'm at the door waiting for the crack or living and experiencing life and so that the doors could crack open in my life. Here's the five briefly. Number one, make yourself available. Peter, John, and James saw Jesus transfigured because they were with him. They changed their lives to be able to be his follower, and they followed him. And when he woke up that morning and said, come on with me, I want to go, I want to walk up the mountain, they went. They were there. How do I make myself available? Coming to Mass on Sunday. Offering my own daily prayers taking time for my relationship with Jesus every day. Number two, keep growing in your faith. When these disciples went with Jesus, he was teaching them all kinds of things for three years. Now, for us as Catholics, I don't think it's intentional, and it's certainly not everybody. But for a lot of us, when we got to confirmation, or eighth grade in Catholic school, or twelfth grade if you went to Catholic high school, for many people, that's where their, their growth in the faith stopped. The problem is, we're all adults now, or we're on our way to being adults. We need adult answers. We have to keep growing in our faith, reading spiritual books, studying the Bible. So keep growing in your faith, number two. Number three, when the voice came from the heavens, the Father didn't say, here is my beloved son, follow him, or act like him. The voice said, this is my beloved son, listen to him. Listen. So obviously for us, that's the word of God. To really listen at mass, listen when we read the scriptures at home. These things are the things that predispose us to be available to God coming to us in more profound ways. Number four, remember where your work is. Everyone here, all of us, are living a vocation in some way from our baptism as a parent, as a spouse, as a single person. We're all living our vocation somehow. And even the work that we do, there's obviously some work that's so obviously vocation. Being a nurse, a doctor, somebody in the health professions, a principal, a teacher, but there's other, lots of other professions that help build up society. If I'm in construction, I'm building new homes for families. That builds up our society. So remember where your work is, because when I'm in and I'm dedicated to my work, I'm also more predisposed. There's a right order in my life.
I'm following God's plan in my life. And finally, number five is attitude. Reverend Leininger says, he says, the older I get, the more I'm believing that attitude is everything. He uses, for example, when people come to church, do they really think about what they're about to do? Now, I'm going to talk about myself here. You, you can ask this question of yourself. There are many times, because I, I just had the mad 11 o'clock mass. Now I have the 1230. Times I come over from the rectory. And I may not be thinking about that day. What's about to happen here? What's my attitude as I come over to church? I may just be thinking about, I want to make sure I get there on time. For all of you who showed up on time, I want to be here. But have I really thought of my attitude about, oh my gosh, we're about to encounter the Lord in his word and in the Eucharist. What a difference that might make. Or when I listen to God's word, am I really listening for something I can take home? A word or a phrase? It's about attitude. When I go up to come up to receive communion, and Jesus is about to place himself in my hands or on my tongue, What's my attitude when I'm about to receive him? That he loves me so much and he calls me to love others like he loves me. So those five suggestions, make yourself available, keep growing in the faith, listen to Jesus. Remember where your work is and how important attitude is. Those are the ways that we can predispose our heart for more profound experiences of God. I want to conclude, if you're going to talk about the mountain, it's easy to remember Martin Luther King Jr. He talked about the mountain a lot. In fact, I want to read this little passage from, this happened on April the 3rd, 1968. Actually, this was the eve of his assassination. When you hear the words, it's chilling to know he said this the night before he died. I can't possibly imitate his inflection and the strength of his words, but maybe you'll hear his voice as I read these lines. I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead, but it doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop and I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people we'll get to the promised land. And I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the Lord. Dear Lord, I pray for everyone here today. Open our hearts that we may experience you more profoundly in our life, especially during this Lent. We ask this all through Christ our Lord. Amen.